Welcome to season two of Share, Learn, Connect, Downer's podcast series. I am Georgia Lutby and I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the various lands on which we meet today. Downer employs people across more than 300 sites, primarily in Australia and New Zealand, but also in the Asia-Pacific region, South America and Africa. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging and recognise and celebrate the diversity of First Peoples across all of the various land, their ongoing cultures and connections to land, sea and community. In this season, we have decided to do things a little differently. Unlike season one, this time around, we'll be having a general theme across each of our episodes. And season two of Share, Learn, Connect is all about breaking the bias. In each episode, we will take a closer look at different types of bias, explore how they have impacted our guests, and talk about ways in which we can collectively challenge them. And is there a better way to kick off this amazing season and break the bias than by celebrating International Women's Day? You are going to love our topic and guests today where we hear about breaking the bias on all things gender. In this month's episode, we'll be discussing the role of leadership in raising awareness against bias, stereotypes and discrimination and taking action for equality. And our guests are certainly no stranger to this month's topic. You will be hearing from Souls Crow, Executive Manager, Commercial Governance and Performance, on how maternity leave stigma can affect a woman's career. And from Peter Tompkins, Downer's Chief Operating Officer and an important leader in Souls' journey. And because all good things come in threes, we have one final surprise for our season two premiere. For this episode, please join me in welcoming a very special guest host and a friend of mine, Laura May. Laura is a communications professional who has worked at Downer for over three years, most recently as a part of our corporate affairs team. And on that note, I will hand it over to you, Laura. I hope that you love recording this episode and I can't wait to hear it as a listener. Thanks, Georgia. I'm so stoked to be here to host this month's episode of Sharelane Connect. I've been an avid listener of the podcast since it started last year. So really excited to contribute to the conversation and hear Peter and Solza's stories. Let's kick it off. Welcome, Peter and Solza, to this month's episode of Share, Learn, Connect. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This month, we're talking about breaking the bias around gender. I'd love our listeners to learn a little bit more about you both as we go on this journey together. So, Solza, could you start us off and tell me a little bit about yourself? Who are you at Downer and who are you outside of Downer? Thanks, Laura. My role is Executive Manager, Commercial Governance and Performance. I stepped into this role nearly eight months ago now, working across all different parts of the business and getting to take part in various projects, specifically around delivery management, which has been fantastic. And I also sit on the Corporate Services DNI Steerco and I'm very passionate about inclusion and parity in the workforce. So quite excited to speak to that today. Outside of work, I'm a mum of two and life pretty much revolves around them. Peter, I'd like to spend just a little bit of time on the same question for you. So who are you at Downer and who are you outside of Downer? I have been at Downer for about 12 years now. Started as a lawyer, then moved in to the CEO of Spotless Role. And uh, more recently, I've now started back in a group role as a group chief operations officer. I've got three children Weekends for us are all about uh, sports programming and getting people to games and birthday parties. I have the privilege of also being the coach of the under-14 Randwick Junior Cricket Club, which I love. Solza, this podcast is about you and your story. So I'd love 
just to really quickly introduce our listeners to a little bit about your childhood, what was it like growing up and some of the values that you learned that you bring to work? I migrated from Macedonia to Sydney with my family when I was five. When I started school, I wasn't able to speak any English. Life was uh, quite, kind of interesting starting school and not having a word of the language. But I think being so young, I was fortunate enough to pick it up pretty quickly. Both of my parents worked nine till five. When I reflect on how life was, I always saw everything was very equal at home between the two of them. They're obviously both migrants, so we had to work quite hard to build up a life in Australia. Those experiences are what's instilled the value of working and how hard it is to achieve your goals just watching them and also just seeing how they proportioned everything equally between them through life. It's interesting. I read a lot about the mental load that people bear at work and at home. And it's great to hear that your parents had a really good division of that. So, Solda, you moved to Australia when you were very young. Was it difficult moving to a new country or was it easy because you were so young? Integrating into Sydney was actually not too hard. And that probably came down to the school that I went to and the area that I was in, which was quite multicultural. And so I felt that integration was easy enough and and didn't feel too hard as a kid who didn't speak the language. We relocated to Canberra when I was around eight years old. And that's when I really started to feel different. And I think partially because of the area that we lived in was quite Anglo. Saxon and so I felt like I was the odd one out at times. That's really interesting to hear. I think multiculturalism plays a big role in people feeling at home where they are. Could you tell me how you ended up working at Downer and what your career path was to get to where you are today, Solza? I started in Spotless in 2015 as a bid manager. From there, I worked up to be the team leader of the bidding team. After just under two years of being a Spotless, I fell pregnant with my first child, went off on maternity leave and then came back and I didn't step into the same role, partially due to the pressure of bidding and having a newborn, fell into a role as sales operations. So I was looking after the pipeline and customers. From there, I stepped into a role which was the executive manager to the CEO. Peter stepped in, I think it was around 2018, and that's where we uh, first crossed paths. You mentioned you've got two kids. You've obviously had two, lots of maternity leave. Could you tell me a little bit about those experiences with your first child and your second child? Was anything different there? Were some challenges? They were quite different. I think the first time around, the business was at a different stage then, but the first time around when I went on leave, I was very disengaged from what the business was up to over that year. And when I came back in, to a degree, I felt like a brand new employee. I had no idea what had gone on. Restructures had happened. So you come in and you're really kind of starting from scratch. I'd asked if I could come back part-time at the time and not many people work part-time in the business. So that was also quite an adjustment for managers to get their head around. How can someone work part-time and hold down a quite a demanding role? And so we restructured what my role was and that's kind of where I moved into the sales operations role, which wasn't as demanding as in the bidding space. And then when I reflect on my most recent one, I think the difference was I was constantly engaged. I knew what the business was up to. Even though restructures had happened, I was well aware of what was going on. When I came back, I didn't feel like a fish out of water or actually knew who was who and what was going on. And I was able to step back into my same role, albeit being part-time. So sounds like, yeah, two quite different experiences. Peter, could you tell me a little bit about how you would characterise your working relationship with Solza and how you supported her through her maternity leave time? I remember starting in that role and just thinking, 
we've got a fair bit of work to do in terms of the integration and the alignment of systems, people, culture and performance. And uh, as it turns out, Solza had some great ideas. Very quickly, Solza took on an important role around governance in particular and around reporting and performance. That proved to be very successful. And in that period, we were able to build the makings of a, a really great leadership team. And so when Sol's was on leave, I think she's probably being a little bit modest here. I remember that she had already found her interim replacement and done a handover. It just happened naturally. We had a a leadership team that was working really well together. Solza was a critical part of that. So yeah, she was on leave, but as Sol says, we kept in touch. And by the time she came back, it was almost like she'd never left because we'd been able to keep those touch points along the way. I understand that's really important when you're off caring for Solza, a screaming newborn, to be able to stay connected to the workplace is a really great thing. This episode is about bias, which is that tendency to believe that some people and ideas are better than others. I think Downa does a good job of challenging unconscious bias. So Peter, when you think about bias, have you seen it impact businesses either Downa or in previous roles? And what can we do to overcome some of that thinking? I think bias is not something that's done maliciously. I I think it's really something that happens when people get familiar and comfortable. Bias is setting, you know, hardwiring the place so that you don't always just have to stop and think, have I got the right people? You set the place up so that the people that can contribute to that problem or, you know, create that new way of working or being are there. You've mentioned race and other elements of diversity and inclusiveness, but it's also young people, it's people in the organisation, men or women who are just finding their feet and slowly building their confidence who don't necessarily get to have a voice in all realms. You know, I reflect on the last 12 years, you know, it was quite different to now. Just language in meetings and how you would conduct yourselves. Hopefully when I move on, the place will be in better shape than, than when I started. And we've got a leadership team who also shares that vision. Yeah. And you know, you're right, Peter, it's definitely a journey and it's interesting to hear you talk about that change over 12 years. I think we are in a period of real change as it relates to thinking about belonging and inclusivity and what those different people can bring to the table. Solzer, I'd love to hear your thoughts about your experience. Have you ever experienced gender bias in the workplace? How have you overcome it and have you seen that change? I've definitely experienced gender bias. I've probably experienced age bias from the early stages when you're breaking in and people see you as not just a female, but a young female and can she do it? And then on the flip side, as you get older, Older, again, got the gender attached to you, but then you're a mother and is she capable to be able to do it all? And is she capable with two kids? I had my first child within Spotless and coming back into the role, it was questioned whether I was able to lead a team and have a newborn. That was really a first-hand experience of people kind of questioning your capability, even though you hadn't even been able to showcase it yet because you've just come back off maternity leave. For me, it just gave me more of that oomph to really show that, hey, I might be only working three or four days a week, but what you'll get out of me in those three to four days is probably just as much as I can produce in five. How often do you think that women are overlooked 
due to taking parental leave. I think that probably happens quite often. Funnily enough, I saw a LinkedIn post just the other day where someone had said they had recruited someone who was pregnant due to go on maternity leave in three months time, but they were six months pregnant and starting into a new job. And I think that is just a great way of thinking about what is that person going to bring and not what are that person's circumstances. You should be able to lift people up and give them roles based on their capability, not their circumstances or their gender. So Solza, can we talk a little bit about representation? The leadership team is diverse and obviously you're a big part of that. Why is representation in business of women and minorities so important? I think, especially for others looking in, it's important to be able to see yourself represented and having a seat at the table. That gives people an aspiration to work up to something, but that also makes you feel like it can be achieved. So I think it's very important to be able to have representation at all levels, not just females, different backgrounds, you know, different sexual orientation. And that's what brings diverse thinking and really helps us to challenge the status quo, which is one of our key pillars around thought leadership. So I think the more you have diverse thinking around the table, the more we'll grow with that diverse thinking. Peter, can you talk a little bit about what we as individuals in the business can be doing to foster that inclusive culture? The way in which our organisation operates, it's such a large business that, well, from the board and, and from the centre, we can create you know, sort of the aspirations and the frameworks and set some examples. But ultimately, inclusiveness relies on everybody who has that capacity to implement change at a project or a contract level. It's about leaders in all of those settings being generous, generous with time. The longer that I've been in at Downer, the more I feel like we rely on people who want to come to work and be their best. We all have the opportunity to set that standard and to give people a go. You start to uh, reap the benefits of that through higher representation in the workforce by women and uh, different perspectives, different points of view, different religions, different ages. That's the journey we're on. You've got to make sure we keep the best people in the organisation to contribute. And if they're successful in one pocket of the organisation, how do you amplify that effectiveness? We are quite fortunate to have so many women in roles where they're effective. We've got to make sure that that talent retention piece stays as a really important priority for us. It's absolutely the role of the leadership team to make sure that people get those career pathways and the opportunity. And, you know, again, that's something that no one's perfect at, but I think our organisation, the way that we're structured now, we are well and truly on that journey. I also just wanted to mention the downer standard. The way that we're setting our business up is very much around consistency and high performance and creating this diverse organisation that we aspire to with those targets that you mentioned before. That's the job of the leadership team. If we have good leaders who take an interest in the development of their people, men and women, but particularly women in the context of our discussion, we will continue to progress. Absolutely. And yeah, great insight, Peter. Can I just add one thing there? Making it more inclusive also is making inclusive spaces. So having inclusive forums where people feel welcome to speak up, but also making the office environment inclusive to have those people there. If we have inclusive spaces, that's what's going to help us to bring more differing people into the business. For mothers who are returning to the workforce and they may be nursing, to have a space where they feel comfortable to come back, then it's not just about the mothers 
others. It's also about, you know, having a quiet space for those who may have over-sensory loaned or a religious space for someone who may want to pray. So if we have inclusive spaces, that's going to bring inclusive people and diverse thought to the business. Peter, Solzer's mentioned she felt very supported returning from parental leave to a senior role. She's also mentioned experiencing some challenges regarding it, particularly as to whether or not she was the best person for the job. I'm interested in your side of things. Have you experienced any pushback in relation to your decision of promoting someone from parental leave? No, none. God probably would have been in the firing line if Solzer didn't come back. Back to that point around developing, you know, key people in the organisation. You work out what is needed to make sure that that uh, mother can come back and be successful, you know, and, and work differently or, or whatever, but still be an important member of the team and can continue to contribute and develop their career. And you know, that, that's where we've got to get to. Solzer, we've talked with Peter and he's obviously a very inspirational leader and he sounds like not just a good leader for Downer, but a good boss to you. Have you had any difficult leaders along your career journey? And what did you learn from that that you take now as a leader in this business? I've been quite fortunate in leadership that I've been under over the course of my career. Most of my leaders have challenged me, supported me. That's kind of what's helped shape me, the fact that I have been under good leaders who have supported me and my career path, been my advocate and put me forward for opportunities, which has really helped. As a young woman, I don't have children, but it is always a question you ask yourself. I'd like to have children. I love my career. How can we make those two things work together. What would your your advice be to young women or, or young people who are going to go down that parenthood path and wanting to build their careers? How can we balance those two things? Having conversations with your boss before you go on leave or when you come back in terms of setting out how this is going to work for you, especially if they know that you're a good employee and will deliver for the business. If you are your own advocate, as well as having a leader that's your advocate, that really helps. Also asking questions like, if you're still nursing, do you have a facility that I can express if I need to? Because sometimes mothers feel constrained to ask those sort of questions because they feel awkward and no one should ever feel awkward to ask something like that. Definitely as a young woman, that's something that I have found challenging in the past to be an advocate for yourself, but it is how you get the things that you need professionally to succeed. So that's some great advice that I think not just women, but anyone at Downer can take and apply to their careers. And that takes time, right? I wasn't my own advocate in the beginning and I always felt awkward having those conversations. But I think in time, as you build up confidence in your own ability, you start to feel more open about having those conversations. So, Peter, you're quite a senior leader in Downer and I think it's important that our senior leaders show leadership in this space as it comes to diversity and supporting women at work. You've obviously been very supportive of Solza. Can you talk a little bit about what leaders can be doing to support flexible work and women and people on parental leave to set them up for success? In this most recent role, I was putting together a new set of functions, created a new role with a different set of priorities. And there were a couple of things going through my mind when we were working out who was going to do what. And Solza at the time was still in her spotless role. She was certainly helping with the setting up of the new facility and asset services team. I really did just want to give her the chance to put some of her skills and experience into a broader group context. I felt like she had much more to offer. So that's really a bit of a clue 
You just have to work out how to get the best set of skills and experiences around your table so that you can be as effective as you can be with the work that needs to be done. Then you have to think, well, we don't want the same group of people in, you know, guys with white shirts and short hair, you know, all, all speaking the same talk. So if somebody needs to work a little bit differently or has different competing priorities at home, well, that's the least of our worries. Training plays an important role. And in more recent times, we've started some inclusiveness training in our corporate services team, and you're actually just creating an inclusive way of working. That's great, Peter. And look, I think you're right. Downer is on this transformational journey as a woman. It's great for me to see women like Solza in senior positions. We talk a lot about bringing your authentic self to work and your whole self. I think psychologically safe workplaces enable people to be their authentic selves at work. Coming back to that idea of bias, what can we do as individuals and what can Downer as a business do to create that psychologically safe workplace for people who are different to challenge those biases? I think if COVID's taught us one thing, I've seen people feel more comfortable to express themselves online. And I think people have definitely come out of their shells in this new working environment. Part-time work is possible. Flex work is possible. Really, you can work from anywhere, but you still have a safe place to come to, which is the office to collaborate. And I think we really need to take those learnings away and use them to make it easier for our people to bring their authentic selves to work. What can we do as women working at Downer to challenge and break gender biases where we see them in our workplaces? I think speaking up. You know, we've seen movements from women and Black Lives Matter. The more that we can express ourselves and speak up, that really helps people to challenge their thinking. You know, at times those conversations may be a little unsettling for the person hearing it. But if you can call out things when they're not right, I think we can really be a voice of each other that will really help us to shift the thinking and start to make this more habitual so that diversity starts to become just as important as zero harm. And if we go on this journey together, it really becomes the part of our DNA in terms of how we treat people. It's absolutely a a good thing for the business. How important is it for men to be included in this movement and also speak up. It's a movement that should happen by everyone. We should all speak up. As you say, it shouldn't just be the females. The females should be supported by their colleagues. One of the key things we've learned as part of this inclusion happens journey that we've been going on as part of the diversity and inclusion steer co is that, you know, we have meetings, we invite people to these meetings, but sometimes we get off the meeting and not everyone has had a chance to have a word. That's just such a simple thing that you can do to make sure that everyone feels included is just to open up to the forum and make sure that everyone's had their say and feels heard. It's just about stopping taking those moments to pause and reflect and say, did I have a day today where I made everyone feel welcome? Did I do or say something that may have offended someone and should I go back and have another conversation with them tomorrow? As managers and leaders, it's so important to check in with our people and have those conversations because the only way we're going to shift the dial on this is if we can all have frank conversations. What advice would you give to a younger Solza? The tip I would give myself looking 10, 15 years back is be confident in your ability and speak up because, you know, there was many times there where I didn't think that things have gone the way that they should have and I didn't speak up and on reflection, I probably should have. So really looking for that inner voice in you and believing in yourself and your capability, if you're a hard worker, have the strength behind you to do it.
All right, Peter, last one, and it's kind of a big one. What kind of legacy do you hope to leave at Downer? Oh, God. There's three things that I sort of think about and that I've learned along the way. Hard work, generosity, and a bit of luck. Everybody who I work with is very hardworking, but I think if we can all be generous with our time and, and take interest in the development of others and give people opportunity, that's what I'd like to impart along the way. And finally, Solzer, another big one for you. What kind of legacy do you hope to leave at Downer? I think, if anything, it's just helping to start that movement. If there's anything that I can do with my experiences, having had two kids and being with the same employer during that time, that helps women or parents going on leave feel more comfortable and feel more included. And to see that that dial is starting to shift, well, I think that will be a really big win for me and hopefully that I would have played a small part in that movement. Thank you so much, Selza. Your story is inspirational. I hope that I can live that example too in my home life and in my career as we balance those important things. Thank you so much, Peter. It's been amazing to get your insights. As a young woman at Downer, I'm really pleased to see leaders like you and leaders like Solza lead the way as it comes to diversity and inclusion. It's something that's important to me and I know a lot of people at Downer. So we're, we're grateful for your insights and also the leadership that you show in that space. Thanks, Laura. It's been great. Really appreciate having a chat. Hope to speak soon. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Laura. And uh, Souls, I'll need to talk to you a bit later on today. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Share, Learn, Connect. I really enjoyed hearing from Solza and Peter around their experiences breaking the bias at Downer. I hope you enjoyed listening. See you next time. And before we finish up, I would like to take the time to acknowledge the Yuggera people, the traditional custodians of the land where this episode has been recorded. Make sure you tune into next month where I speak to a brand new guest about a brand new topic as we continue to share, learn, connect. This podcast is now available on your favourite podcast app. Please share it with your friends and make sure to subscribe. And what that means is that you will get our episodes as soon as they drop. Our producers are Darby Martinelli and Melanie Blows and I'm Georgia Lutby. Thank you for listening.